gospel means good news. Like, you can't change the definition of the gospel. We fail to take control of something that God had given us stewardship over. This is not just going to be given to you. You're going to have to stand for something. That's what the battle is for. The battle is for your awakening. The battle is for your first love. The battle is for you to, to awaken. When God saying, get on the way right now, begin to move with what is happening right now, and stop looking and fantasizing in your mind and imprisoning the revival that God wants to bring. The Supernaturalist, The Supernaturalist Podcast Show. Guys, we are live. Yep, from Burleson, Texas, at the Open Door Church. And I'm not alone today. No, I'm not alone because the pastor of this joint is with me. In fact, he let me hijack his, his sanctuary that seats like a billion people. And we are doing the Supernaturals podcast show from Open Door Church with my friend Troy Brewer. Troy, what's Woo! up? Come on, pound it out. Boom. Awesome. We planned that one out. That was yeah. good. Snap. That was good. <laughs> I don't... I, yeah, I'm glad you're here, man. man Billion this, people or 900, is, something like that. This place is incredible. Hello! 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 <laughs> look, look at this thing, dude. Look at this. Like, No, I know. I know. Whatever. Dude. This place is awesome, Pastor Troy. Dude. Listen, I've seen. Listen, your screen is cool. In fact, you had your screen before we had our screen. Now, we had those screens. Did our screen there. inspire your screen? You're, yeah, absolutely. Did we inspire? <laughs> absolutely. Our screen isn't LED. Your screen is LED. Yeah, that's true. Okay, well, the top ones are not LED. Okay. But, but that one can is. They, can they see the top ones? So listen, you need to, you need to know that. Can they uh, pull, out, pull out and check? I don't, I don't think they can. They can't. All right. I don't think they're prepared. Oh, look, man, he did. Oh, look at that. I was going to say, cool. if we were at our place, they'd the be able to. Supernaturalist. We've got this thing called a Zoom thing. A Zoom cameras. thing. Yeah, oh, look, at, look that. at that. Look at that. So we, we guys, so, everybody in Seattle, we inspired this. Yeah, you did. Look it. Yeah, so on this, on this top part up here, we, whenever we moved from the old building to here, our screens were two 32-inch televisions. Yep. The yep. giant monster TV, okay? And we went from that to 80 feet of screens. And uh, literally the first week that I was in here, I sit in here and I cranked it up. We cranked up all the sound and I watched True Grit. <laughs> Come on, it's true. Come on, it's an absolutely true story. I still, I, I love, I love coming in here. And have watching. you done like a UFC fight night on this? We thing have. Yet? Yeah, no, we, we, we just did, did one of those the other do you day. Do that we had as so well? much fun. It felt like a sports bar in our yeah. church, <laughs> and all these guys. And we had, uh, yeah. we had wings, and oh man, yeah, it was so so no, much fun. Like we do the big Super Bowl thing and all that. I mean. We're a relational bunch. We're extremely relational here. You, you know, when, uh, do you remember transparencies? Like before we even had flat screen That's TVs, absolutely. you had those machines that would shoot light no, we through had a that. magnifying. Okay, so I we, used to I used to lead worship. That, wait, listen, Hold on, before I got, that, I got we had the... the <laughs> We had the felt thing. Do you remember the felt thing? Well, like at Sunday school, yeah. you, you had one of those in the main church, like a felt board. No, I never had a felt board, but we did have that. We did that have the awesome. we did have the projector thing, you know, with the all yeah. That. We had that. What I was going to tell you is that my my wife, before she was my wife, when she was just 
Andrea, <laughs> you know, she would run the transparency. So I would lead worship as this, as this young guy. And she, would, she would come up and put, you know, Lord, I lift your name on it. She'd and put that, be, that transparency. And you would see her up. hand. You would see her hand go across the screen and you say, oh, I'm going to marry that girl. Yeah, I would say, one day she will be <laughs> my wife. And then reality, would, that. reality would sit in like, nah, she probably uh, won't. <laughs> No, she's way out of my league. <laughs> totally, man. I get that. Hey, when you're on, I'm quite, like, like what you do is so much. I mean, uh, 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 what you do on Sundays is incredible. I came in on a Sunday after you did three services, went and did, <laughs> did your newcomers uh, uh, hangout, green room thing with them. You go right and meet with your team. You start doing wins. Um, but Sunday is such a big day, but then you go into your week and you do such a diversity of activities because Sunday's uh, like very little. Uh, I mean, I think for a lot of pastors, it's all about Sunday. It's all about that's the big that's the big day. That's the big moment. But what I've been noticing with you is it's like, yep, Sunday, it's awesome. We do a great job. There's a lot of excellence. But it's almost like your church experience and who you guys are, it's almost like it's not really about Sunday. Well, I, I don't want to diminish that it's not about Sunday because it is, but we do Sunday for the fact of what we're going to do on Monday through Saturday. Yeah. So, so it's like it's not unto itself. No, man. I mean, Sunday, Sunday has to work and it has to be excellent and it has to be Easter every single service and it has to be a move of God every single time. It has to do and it has and it does have to have excellence. But what's real is we're doing Sunday so that we can do the work that we're doing Monday through Saturday. Be, and, and we have a tremendous advantage uh, over a lot of other churches because we're not a, we didn't start off as a church that started doing outreaches. We started off as an outreach that started doing church. And so we've never lost that. We do the church service because of all the outreach that we do. And then the church service um, equips everybody, it unites everybody, and it also activates everybody to do all the work that we're doing Monday through Saturday. Because you wrote this incredible book on... Um, on looking at the stars and the prophetic nature of the stars. And then, uh, and, and then you wrote a book on numbers. Um, and so there's obviously an incredible uh, prophetic uh, a gift on you. But then there's this evangelistic thing on you. And then there's this apostolic. Like, so when you're on an airplane and somebody says to you, who are you, what do you do, what do you, what do you tell them? I never, ever tell them I'm a pastor. You know. I, I don't think I've ever one time in my life ever told anybody, I'm a hit hey, man. man, what do you do? Yeah, I'm, <laughs> you hear I'm, a, Norris? I'm yeah. a mule for the Colombian drug cartel. <laughs> right. I, <laughs> I, uh, no, I always you don't say, no, I tell you the truth. I always say, well, um, I'll tell you what I do. I save girls out of sexual trafficking. That's what I do. Wow. And that's wow. what, I, and everybody goes, what? I'm going to go, yep. And it's totally legit. That is what I do. But it's all the other things that we do so that we can do that. And so I see, I see our Sunday experience as incredibly important, but it's incredibly important in light of the assignment that Jesus has given us to do. I think without the assignment, um, I, well, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do big church. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. It's a lot more fun to do 400, 400 people church where you know everybody where you can actually pour into their life and yada, yada, yada. But you cannot, 
you can't save a thousand girls a year doing 400 people church and you can't feed 150,000 people a year and you can't have 13 leprosy villages. You can't have th over 3,000 kids in, lepr in leprosy uh, in, in uh, all of your orphanages throughout the world. So that's our passion and that's our heart. But we don't just do something because we have to do it. We do it as the igniter for everything else. So the two go very much hand in hand to us. And so now uh, we're hanging out and Sunday was absolutely just, just, just uh, like for me, just observing your team and then your leadership. It's been very interesting. And I, I remember we were having a very busy Monday, more, uh, Tuesday and um, all these meetings, really cool media stuff. And then finally it's time for lunch. And we, we go into uh, Pastor Jerry's office and, and there's a team of people in there. I meet this guy uh, named Pastor Matt. And, um, and he oversees, uh, what's the name of the ministry? Answer International. Answer International. And it's kind of like the foundation, this is my own language, it's kind of like the, the, the foundation arm of the ministry so that businesses can write checks and help out what you guys are doing overseas. And, and so uh, uh, Matt, who's over, giving oversight to that, he's got some paper in his hand, and we sit down, and he wants to give to you, for the very first time, you haven't heard these stats. He wants to let you know, this is what we did in the month of January in just a 30-day period and when he went through those stats with you I just saw I saw your jaw drop I saw your eyes just just become wide everybody in the team was just like wow would you be willing to share what was on what was on that what was on those pages there was all these pages what what, what, what was on that paper um well, there was, there was stats, you know, that was on there. We saved, we rescued over three, I think it was either 331 or 333 kids. That was 333. Yeah. Okay, in, in the month of January. You guys rescued 333 kids in just a 30-day period. Yeah. I know, me too. I'm, and, dude, I'm like that too. Like, golly, man. And then we, like, got, wow. to see, then we got to see the pictures. Yeah. Of, of, of a group of kids that were rescued. Was there 10 girls? Yep, 10, 10 girls in this tiny Nepali village way up in the Himalayas. We do a big work in Nepal. And, you know, just seeing those kids and just seeing that they're starving and seeing we know what happens to those villages. We know what happens to those kids. We know what happens to those girls. And those, those traffickers come through in droves and they just snatch every single one of them and then nobody ever sees them again. Up until this year, up until right this second, how we, the model we've always used in saving those kids is we have tons and tons of teams on the, on the border bridges that actually identify and spot traffickers bringing kids across, get in their grill, blow the whistle, work hard with the police department that works the bridge because we teach them how to speak English so we become friends with all we have English schools and that's how we get in with the, with the police there and then uh, blow the whistle, move with, move the girl away, arrest the guy, actually pay for the prosecution. Yeah, because what's the deal with the prosecution part? And that, that's actually a very important part of the process of rescuing these children, right? Yeah, in, in Nepal, it's absolutely essential because, because while Nepal has a constitution and while you have rights as a citizen and while you can expect for someone to be prosecuted, if they break the law against you, what's real is, the prosecution is not free. You have to pay for it. So what that means is, okay, somebody comes up to you and, and says, oh, I love your nine-year-old girl, uh, nine little girl. I'm going to haul her off. I'm going to sell her to Sri Lanka. She's going to live in a casino. She's going to be in a brothel. And ha-ha, there's nothing you can do about it. You go to the police and you say, okay, arrest him. They arrest him, and they have 36 hours to hold them, and a prosecution team has to come in. And then they're like, that costs 1000 bucks." Like, well, I don't have $1,000. They're like, oh, well, then let them out. 
and they know that. So that's why people have been coming, sex traffickers, tra sex traffickers have been coming from all over the planet Earth to snatch away the children of Nepal because they know that nobody will prosecute them because nobody can afford to. But we, we can. We actually... Um, Last year, we last year we paid for the prosecution of forty three traffickers. Come on, yeah, and we and, Dude, come on, and every that single one of them, every single one of them got sent to prison, and we didn't lose a single case, and every single one of them got a twenty year sentence. That is incredible. Well, that puts a tremendous wrench in the sexual trafficking of these guys who come in because it's the same guys who come in who farm themselves out for all these big time cartel people who go in, and uh, anyway, we. We, we threw a huge wrench into it. Now, organizationally, is this something that, 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 that can be quite frightening in that you got, you got I, I think Matt was saying, or it might have been you were saying that, that these girls are seen as commodities and that the value of a girl that they can make up to about thirty to $40,000 yeah. per, per child. And so when you're dealing with, with, um, with products mm -hmm. that are worth that kind of money, yeah. And you guys are coming in and bringing deliverance uh, to the, uh, liberty to the captives yeah. in that place. Um, uh, have you guys found yourself in some pretty sketchy uh, places or people that you're even trusting that turns out that there's corruption there? Because I, I just imagine that would be a pretty um, uh, volatile dynamic in trying to do what you guys are doing. Yeah, Pastor Darren, all the above. Um, we've, had, um, we've had team members murdered. Um, we, uh, some of them I know are dead, but we don't know where they are because their bodies were uh, buried. I had one really good friend, Prakash, in India that I loved with all of my heart. And they literally came into his house at night, uh, pulled him out of his bed, beat him to death and threw him down in a well. And then when his boys, when his teenage boys reported it to the police, the cartel paid off the Indian police to arrest his children for his murder. And we spent uh, years trying to get his kids out of jail, which we finally did. But it was a tremendous, it was a tremendous mess. Um, in places like uh, Cambodia, in places like Colombia, in, in places like Belize, uh, I, I can tell you, I went to a South American country and met with the president of the South American country, and went in and actually spoke to him, and said, "Hey, look, I need one cop." I need a one high official that is not corrupt and is not involved in sexual trafficking to protect us because we're doing this work and doing this work and doing this work. And, and the guy was just like, Troy, that's amazing. Thank you for coming into my country and thank you for doing that. And I told him, I said, Mr. President, I need one official, just one. So I'm, I need a go-to guy. And he looked at me and he did that. Couldn't offer you that. He couldn't offer me one single person within the federal uh, police system that was not involved in sexual trafficking. And when the president of a nation tells you that, you can believe him. And uh, so, yeah, you know, there's some pretty hairy stuff, but where sin does abound, grace does much more abound. And uh, while we have seen great tragedy, and while we have seen really next level scary things happen, we've also seen some of the coolest miracles that anybody has ever seen i mean wow. I, I mean stuff that you don't even know god does right right you know like so, what like what's the thing that comes to mind when you think of like a miracle where you're like what okay boom what? are you like, ready like it's like a greater thing is okay kind of a thing. Yeah. all right so listen to this here you go this is in southeast asia and we have in southeast asia man we have teams of people that what they do is they monitor porno websites can you imagine if that's your ministry wow as you watch child 
pornography and watch the people that watches that from the United States, finds out when they are coming in, and then you alert the FBI that these guys are coming in. We're going to document it. When we document it, we're going to bust them. We're going to rescue the child, and then we're going to send them back to a federal prison in the United States. That's, that's incredible. And these are guys, the guys that are doing this, they work for the U.S. government? or I'm, I'm They are working with the United States okay, government. Right, okay. And so uh, President Trump gave us the full, I, I, I wouldn't, People really have no idea what President Trump did to stop sexual trafficking throughout the world. And that he came to ministries like ours and said, here's the FBI at your full disposal, here's the army at your full disposal, and here's the CIA at your full disposal. And I mean, he did that for us. Because you guys were doing this even before President Trump was Absolutely. elected. Absolutely. So you guys were doing this when President Obama was in office. Yes, And, yes. Those, and that, those resources weren't, oh, no. at, weren't as available. No, it was available. exactly opposite. As a matter of fact, we were suspect and we were actually targeted as sexual traffickers because, because we were doing all this work. And we were having to deal with our own government and deal with persecution of our own United States government wow. Wow. in trying to stop this mess. And then it all changed with President Trump. And he's like, whatever you want. And we're like, well, give me those numbers and let us call them. So we did. Okay, well, anyway, there was this guy and he said, look, there's this, there's this guy. And he found out that there's this dude and he owns... Uh, four or five boys, and he prostitutes these boys. And he said, but here's the deal. He likes to go down to the bar, and he likes to drink down at the bar, and here's what I think we can do. I think we can go down, and somebody can sit at him at the bar, befriend him, and get this guy drunk, and the rest of us can go to his house, literally open up these cages, and get these kids out. Oh, my gosh. Okay? So we all say, okay, 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 man, let's do this. So it all goes according to plan, and it's awesome. The guy goes down the bar. We find a night, which took like two weeks, man, for us to find a night where all of those kids were at home. And that's a whole nother thing, because if one of them is farmed out, and if you bust the house and save those kids and you don't save that other one, he will, they'll kill him, or he will disappear, or something terrible is going to happen. So we're, <laughs> it happens, happens exactly the way it's supposed to. My friend goes into this into this house brazenly and he goes in to find these cages and he busts open the door and he's like, cause we gotta hurry because we don't know when, it, when the guy's gonna come back, super scary. And if you get busted in this country in Southeast Asia, you will go to prison and it's, cause you're kicking in a door to somebody's house. Wow, wow. Okay, wow. and so it's just a bad deal. And, and he goes in and this woman's like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. She's like, where is he? Where's the kid at? Where's this one kid at? Because he knew where this one kid was, the other boys were. And she's like, okay, okay, he's in here, he's in here. And they go in there, and there's this kid who's maybe six, seven years old. His legs do not work. They have never worked. He's in like a, a baby crib, even though he's six or seven. And this old lady is taking care of this kid, and they busted down the wrong door. And they're like, who, who is this? What's going on? And she goes like, I don't know. And he goes, look, I'm looking for so-and-so. And she goes, oh, no, that's next door. I know that kid. And there's a bunch of bad things going on. He goes, I know, I know. And he says, well, who's this kid? And she goes, this was a kid that I found in the gutter. I'm not the parent to this kid, but I love this kid. And this kid cannot walk because when they threw it in the gutter, it broke his back. And so like his back is now broke. And okay, so he's like, all right, well, um, let me just pray for this kid. So he just prays for this kid. Lord God, you sent me in this house for a reason. I pray, Father God, sir, that you do something miraculous with this child. Thank you, Lord, for it. I bless this mama. And he says, don't tell anybody you saw me. They go next door, kick in the door. They save all of the boys they want to. They leave and they get home and they're like, man, it's a big win. And he just gets to thinking about it that night. And he's like, dude, 
I don't know why I just didn't pick up that kid and take him with us. Wow. Because she said several times, no, it's not my child, but I have to take care of him because nobody will. And, and I, you know, she, she said all he does is lay in bed and watch the other kids play in the street. And his, 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 his bed was right by the window where he could see all the other kids play. And he got to thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it, Pastor Darren. And after a few days, he told his team, we got to go back. And you imagine how dangerous it is for them to go back to like the house next door to the house that they busted and go in and go, I'm going to ask that woman, just let me have that kid and let me bring that kid to our home. We can take a whole lot better care of him than that. And he'll have a lot better quality of life. And he just couldn't get him out of his head. So he goes there. It's early on a Saturday morning, knocks on the door. Old lady comes here. She comes to the door and he says, hi. He goes, um, you know, I'm the guy. She goes, yeah. She goes, what are you doing here? And he said, I come here to ask you, could I, would you consider let me have this child and let me put this child in the home of all the boys that we rescue? Because there's more than a thousand kids in this home of all these boys we have rescued. And he, he'll grow up playing with other boys and we'll work with him. We'll get him special care. And she said, yes, my God, that would be incredible. And he said, okay, well, let me see him. She goes, oh, he's not here. And like, where is he? He's out playing in the street. Because the day after you prayed for him, he opened up the window and climbed out and went down. And he's been playing with all the other kids. Wow, come on. And God healed that kid. Come on. And they didn't even, they didn't even mean to go come into on. that house. They kicked in the wrong door. That's incredible. And God completely healed that kid. Isn't that cool? Come <laughs> on. That is amazing. I love that story. Man, the first time I heard that story, that man, dude, so cool. I bawled and I squalled. And the guy that was telling it is a really good friend of mine. He's actually the guy who who actually did the uh, all. He actually did all of the rescuing. And to hear him, he cried the whole time. He was he wasn't even expecting that kid to be healed. He just prayed for him. Just felt like he needed to lay hands on him and pray for him. That's that's incredible. We see those kinds of miracles, dude. Yeah, well, you know, you came to our place uh, for our Awakening Conference back in August, and yeah. that was so much fun. It was great. That's a great conference, Jerry. man. So oh, we, did a, we, did a, we did a podcast. This is actually our, our third uh, podcast together, yeah. which, is, which is really cool. Um, every time we get to connect, it's always just amazing just hearing what the Lord has done through you. Um, but I, I, my team and I, we, we were all very, um, man, just something, some, something happened in us when you were talking about what you guys are, have been seeing in the area of rescue. And um, it's pretty cool because uh, at Sarah Bible Center, every Christmas we do what's called a red envelope uh, Christmas project where we raise money uh, as a community for 30 days. Every week there's a red envelope in every bulletin and we raise money to buy goats for widows in Uganda so that That's these yep. widows can have an income stream. Yep. Um, we it's raise good. money to purchase all kinds of, we got shoes that grow, and it's exactly that. It's a shoe that grows, and it's, it's one of the most quality shoes you've ever seen. So it doesn't wear out. And so that as the child's feet grow, they, they, they can expand the shoes. And so a bunch of really cool projects. Well, we met our goal um, uh, very early on in the month of December. We said, hey, we, we want to use the additional funds that come in to purchase young boys and girls uh, out of sex trafficking to, to pay for the prosecution, to pay for the housing, their clothing. So we went on to TroyBrewerMinistries.com. Is that right? Troy Brewer it's, it's, it's TroyBrewer.com. That's better. TroyBrewer.com. Because you have on there the different options where you can, yeah. where you can invest into different, into different projects, into different, different things. 
And we saw on there, I think, I, I forget the name of it. I, I'll, I'll just call it the liberation uh, amount. And it was $3,000. And as a church community, and I'm just kind of bragging on our people here. But as, Do it. A, a, but as a church community, we raised over $26,000 for the purchase of a, a, almost nine girls. It's and, ridiculous. It, which was so amazing. And, bro, when I shared that number with our people, the entire place just started screaming and hollering. And Pastor Troy made a video saying thank you. And it's ridiculous. It just, it, just, it just lit us up. And now, you know, it's funny that Jesus said, where your treasure is, there your heart is. Once we sowed into that, man, something happened inside of me where now whenever I see sex trafficking in the news, yep. whenever I hear it or see it anywhere, it's like, it's yeah. like I care, care, care deeply. Yeah. And something, something is ignited in our community uh, for this whole sex trafficking thing. And so when I get home from this trip, we're meeting with, with dudes that are on the front lines Come that on. are rescuing girls Do out it. of sex trafficking on the I-5 corridor that yep. goes right through Seattle. Because this is happening in Nepal, Cambodia, but it's also happening in Seattle. Seattle is a hub for sex trafficking. And man, yep. it, it, it's, just, it's just incredible to be able to, to see the pictures. Yeah, you know, you, you know, and you saw them yesterday. And, and that the reason why we can say that $3,000 to do that is because there's another model that we have that is in the nation of India. And what we do is we do an outreach to the prostitution community. And so our outreach is we hire a gynecologist and a whole team of uh, a doctor and a whole bunch of nurses to go into a community. We set up a clinic and all these girls have never seen a doctor in their life and they are desperate need of medical attention. Mm -hmm. Desperate, right? So, you know, they're like, oh my gosh. And then we pay for their medicine. And then they say, who did that? And they say, well, we'll tell you, there's a church right down the street. And not only, not only have they paid for your medicine, but they will also, if you go there once a week, they'll give you a big giant bag of rice and beans and all kinds, because they're all starving. Wow. And wow. then wow. we go down, and then when they go down there, and once we begin to build relationships with them, we find out who owns you. And the going price in India and you can do this all day long to actually redeem a human being and pay off their debt is 3,000 bucks. That if you can literally pay off their debt, you can literally deliver them out of, out of prostitution. And so I don't know why, but it's just part of the culture there. On every corner, there's somebody that, hey man, do you need 3,000 bucks? Because I, okay, yeah, man, my husband has cancer and I, I, I need to go find medicine and we need money. Okay, well, here's 3,000 bucks, sign right here. And they don't even know what interest rates are. They don't even know what that is. And then nothing happens, and then her husband dies, and they come and get him, and they haul him off to a cage. Wow. And there are, there are myriads, thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of girls and women in India that for literally 3000 bucks you could set them free in every way a girl can be set free. That's so incredible, man. And then yesterday we were doing some media here again in this remarkable establishment that you got here and we're doing some media and we get rudely interrupted by pastor daryl this guy that comes walking down he has no here, couth and he's just like hey hey and he's got a he's got an envelope and he's and he's and he's waving this envelope over his head and and a massive check came into the ministry to purchase how many wells 20 20 water wells in the whole team a bunch of your team just gathered all, all around the front as they opened up the the envelope and the, they, they read the amount and your team just began to celebrate Relax. because off of just you got you paid for 20 wells water wells yeah but how many people 
in a village can get water off of one of those wells? 5,500 people weekly, sustainably. That's incredible. So, so what would that what would that be? <laughs> we could, uh, we could do 20, math. what is that? Well, that's if it was 10,000, okay, that'd be so it'd be 100 and something thousand people a week. Isn't that incredible? Yep. And that happened just yesterday. Yeah. That happened yesterday. I mean, and we didn't, you know, yesterday on the way in, I prayed this prayer with you. Lord, thank you for all the good things that yes. you have coming to us. I don't have a clue about because I've learned I need to thank God before it gets here in my time frame, okay, because his future is blessing me and he's knowing he's going to look back and say, I remember when Troy thanked me for that. So I'm going to release that thing. And I, I was just, well, we prayed that prayer and I had no idea that that was coming to us yesterday. I didn't have a clue, man. And it came to us and no, man, we, we dug 11 water wells just in the month of January, and now we're going to do so many more. So our goal is 100 water wells because, this year. Because you've always, the goal used to be? 50. 50. And we hit it last year. Yeah. First and, time and ever. Hit, first time ever. You hit in 20 something years, we hit, we hit 50 in, right. in one year. In one year. And how many water wells are you at just in 2021? Uh, well, with that 20, which we have not accomplished all of the 20 yet, sure. but we got, we haven't funded. So, I mean, all we yeah, need to do now sure. is give them a green light. I and mean, we already know where to put them. We already, we already know. I mean, we got it. We got the whole things mapped out. Bottom line is you've doubled it. Like yeah. you, this year you'll be doubling. Yeah. It. Well, as of, as of right now, then it would be 31. So we're barely into February. So That's now incredible. we're talking about 31. That's acceleration. <laughs> yeah. Man, that is so great. Yeah, it's and, cool. And the thing about it is, it's just if, if people were selfish, they would give more. If people actually, if people actually um, uh, wanted to step into greater blessing, they would, they would if, if, let's just say local church pastors, if churches wanted to just blow up and transform, they would say, let's open up our fists, let's open up our hands, and let's give what we have. And let's watch what Jesus does. And that's one of the things I've been so impressed by. You guys give and you give and you give <laughs> until do. it hurts. And then look at what the Lord is doing for you, your church. It's, it's absolutely remarkable. Thank I've never you. seen anything like it. Thank you, man. Well, honestly, I mean, it's, we, we don't know what else to do. I, <laughs> we, we don't know what else to do. Um, again, this, we've always been way behind this thing where we could see it and we, we say yes and then we figure out how to fund it. And for the very, very, very first time in my life, like yesterday, we've never been ahead, never. We've always been digging the wells and wondering how we're gonna pay for it. <laughs> right. Now we're right. like, here, go dig wells. That's never happened before. And, but we know what to do with that. And so that's a new season for I've us. I've kind of heard that from your team too. Like, yeah. wow, that's, you know, wow, yeah. that, you know, there's, there's a real change. Hey, I was gonna ask you. It's crazy. Um, because uh, I know we only got so much time and we got a service tonight and you're going to be playing guitar, which is going to be amazing. I just appreciate you fitting this into just <laughs> such a, uh, this is just a, a normal day for you. But, but uh, to me, this is just like, it's watching the caliber, the pace, the quantity of activity that you do in a day. Thanks, and I, I wouldn't want to be my team when I get home. I'm like, we're doing it all wrong. <laughs> we start at 5 a.m. Like, Let's go. <laughs> Pilates at four. But, um, uh, I learned something about you on, uh, on this on this trip, and that is that you are like you're you're like uh, you're like the Punisher of, of snakes, um, like like you know the Punisher like the superhero like the big you know you are like the the dread champion of, of snakes. And dude, um, and I, I think you need to change your website. I think you need to change all your media stuff for your bio because I don't think any of it matters anymore. I think all it needs to say is Troy Stinkin Brewer, the man who killed two 
cobras with his bare hands. I could not believe your first trip to Uganda. I didn't kill a woman with bare hands. I threw plates at them. You threw plates. I threw plates at, at cobras. <laughs> well, they were at. I, they were in my face. Yeah, yeah. Would you be willing to to to, to dive into that? I mean, I I could not believe that. Really? Yeah, I've well, never. No. I've, Okay, so what happened? I feel was, like I haven't lived, man. I haven't even killed a gardener. Oh snake, man, dude, man. it was so long ago too. It's so funny. No, man, I kill a lot of snakes. Actually, we killed nine snakes on my ranch this year. Well, that's what you said. You said that God speaks to you and tells and me, he's "Look, like, there's a snake. snake," and you just pull I, out your I dad. You don't what even I'm aim, doing. and you just no, start firing. But I'm telling you, the Lord will tell me, "Look, there's a snake," and I, I'll stop and go, "Okay, I need to start looking around." And boom, there's a snake. There's a rattlesnake. There's a whatever snake. And man, the Lord will tell me. And, and so it's a wonderful thing that he does for me. And I, I give you my word as a man of God that that is the truth. I, I prophetically hear God speak when there's a snake around. Troy, look, you need to look because there's a snake. And that's a discernment gift is what that is. Yeah, well, that's like, did you ever hear Mahesh Shavda's uh, story about shooting that, um, that, that trophy deer? No. Yep, the Lord just said shoot. So he shot, he didn't even name. And he shot one of the largest trophy deer in his. What the? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh no! Who is that yeah, now? Uh, Papa Mahesh, Mahesh Shavda. Oh my! You got to, you got to hear that story. Lord, I have the Lord just said, "Shoot!" And he was just like, "Pop!" <laughs> Drop that thing. And, That's not me. And I totally did. It wasn't with a handgun. <laughs> yeah, it was a, yeah. a nine millimeter. <laughs> like, no. So okay. So all right. So bro. Okay. So you, all right. So uh, you're in Uganda, first trip. You guys check into this hotel room. Yeah, well, we had done this big, huge crusade, and um, there was a, a a world in that part of the world. He was a world famous witch, and he was actually called the Fourth Man, meaning he's the addition to God, right? And he had a harem. I want to say of like ten thousand women, or he had this big cult, and uh, all uh, and he had like ten thousand wives or something, and it was just crazy. Anyway, we were out. We were we were preaching and. A bunch of his wives had actually got saved at one of our crusades, and they and he came in. He came in on an ox driven cart, and I mean, in full flamboyant African flair, you know, feathers everywhere, lion skin, the whole nine yards, and he came in, and and when he saw the power of God and what was going on, so he stopped what he's doing, and he decided to turn that cart around in the road. And when he did, he got stuck in the ditch. And I got and they told me who that was, and I could see him way off. And I said, do you see how that man is stuck in the ditch? The Bible says that when the blind lead the blind, they fall in the ditch. And I was going off. That man is a blind man. Do not follow him. And he, he, he actually had a radio show. And he got on his radio program that night and said he was going to put a curse on me and that I would not survive this trip to Uganda. Wow. And uh, the people came and told me about all that. And they were all freaked out about it. Man, if that guy puts a curse on you, man, it's a big deal, dude. It's a big deal. I'm like, well, you know, I don't. I don't know anything about that. Lord Jesus, protect me. So they put me in this hotel. And uh, when I got in this hotel, and it was just a, you know, a crummy little Ugandan hotel that's near the Robinsori Mountains uh, going into uh, Congo. And, um, or Zaire then. It was actually called Zaire. They called it Zaire. And, uh, man, me and Leanna got ready for bed. And I opened up the cabinet and at face level I saw something move and it was a cobra and I'm talking about a cobra and uh oh my god it was so scary man 
it was so scary. And this cobra was in my face when, as soon as I opened up the door and it literally could have just, if it would have been, if it would have already been cold and if it had not been moving when I opened it up, I'd open it up and it would have just, a cobra would have jumped out and just bit me right on the face. I would have been screaming. Oh, I was screaming. I was screaming like a little girl with her head on fire. And I just started grabbing pots and pans. And I grabbed a, I, I grabbed a dish and threw it at it and broke it on it and then took the broken dish and killed it. And we're Come like, on. can you believe this, man? Can you freaking believe this? Like, devil from hell, you lose. It's over. Well, I had busted all the dishes that were on the inside. So after it was all, after we were all come down, moved this thing out, and the neighbors came over to see, the guy that ran the hotel came out to see this cobra, and they were totally freaked out. This was in, like, yeah, you know, and they're like, oh, my gosh. And so we free go back. Free night, free night. Yeah, free right? night. I ain't paying for tonight. Come on. <laughs> free night. <laughs> That's right. Well, man, because I'd busted all the, you know, all of the porcelain, uh, you know, every, every utensil that they had, their pots and their plates and everything, I destroyed everything in trying to kill this thing. I thought there might be some down underneath. And when I opened up that one, there was another cobra. And, uh, and, and it, it, it's a miracle it, it didn't bite me because of, it, it actually projected something out of its mouth. And I mean... They hit you square in the eye. It's, They're really good at spitting, spitting it. And I opened up and I, th I saw it. My first inkling was that it was the other one. And I went, no. And as soon as I did, it spit. And it was just a miracle that it didn't hit me. And same thing, I had to go to war with that one. And uh killed it. Yeah, I did. I killed it. And, and, and took those two snakes to the crusade and told everybody what had happened and held wow. them up. Wow. Come on. And told them about the power of Jesus to overcome snakes, to tread on scorpions and snakes. And I stomped them and rebuked that guy and broke his power off the region. It was pretty cool. Man, I love that story. <laughs> Man, I love that. Man, I, I feel like I haven't lived. That's your truth. <laughs> oh, listen, you can have I that. I that snake. I don't I, want if, that. If I don't you want, like, I can I pray that. that you don't want me to pray that for you, man? I'll let you do that. Okay. Yeah, you're I'm, the snake-killing supernaturalist. I really am a snake killer, man. I really and truly am. I, I, I am not killing. Like, I had this special prayer spot um, and was going down to it. And so you've been on my property, and yeah, I have yeah. a ranch, and it's very secluded. And I was getting ready to seek the Lord, and I was getting so excited. And I wrap myself up, and I always say the same thing. Lord, I know when I seek you, I find you. I know when I ask. I know, God, that you always answer. I know, God, when I knock. I know, King Jesus, you will open that door unto me. I know that. I know that. I'm getting excited. And I start to take off down this trail, and the Lord said, hey, look, there's a snake. And I stopped. And I started looking way down the trail, which is down this pretty steep ravine into the creek. And I was looking and I was looking. I just kept scanning the area, scanning the area, scanning the area, scanning the area. And then boom, my foot was like right here. And one more step, I would have stepped directly in front of this big old rattlesnake. I'll send you a picture of it so you can superimpose it. Oh, that'd be okay? fun. Yeah, so that'd be there great. it is. We'll just say there it is. Look, right? look at that snake. Look at that snake. Okay. Jeez, that's a big snake. <laughs> so I took that... <laughs> I took that picture, and I'll send that to you because yeah, it's, it's in my phone. Yeah. I took that picture. I pulled out. I mean, I'm literally two feet away from it. It's cold. It's ready to strike, and I'm standing still. I pulled out my phone, and I went snap, 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 put it back in my pocket, reached in, pulled out my pistol, and went bang, 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 bang. And I just went, man, the Lord did that for me. God is so good to me. They say, hey, Troy, look, there's a snake. I, You can actually, the thing about a snake mm. is that, 
it's the reason it's so scary is because you don't know it's there. And by the time you know it's there, it's too late. That's the whole, and the snake was more subtle than all the other creatures, right? And so I, I, to know it's there removes, you have no fear of it anymore. And like I told you the other day. This, only, is, this is amazing, what you, the revelation that you have about the well, snake. Well, the, the thing about a snake is it only has a mouth. That's it. It has nothing else. Isn't that good? It doesn't have an arm. It it's doesn't have a leg. Head. It doesn't have a, it is nothing but a mouth. And just prophetically and symbolically. Come on. It's like, I'm not going to be afraid of that. Come on. Yeah, when you think about it, the only purpose of the body of that thing is just to keep the head alive. Yeah, that's right. So just it. to get to where it's, where it's trying to go. But it's just it's crazy. A, I love it. You say it's just a mouth. It's just a mouth. That's all it's the all enemy it has. It's just a mouth. You know, it's not a bear. It's a snake. And, man, I, I've been around bears, you know, and uh, I've been bear hunting. And, and I know what it's like to have a bear come after you. And that's a whole different thing. Like, you, okay. see that, you see that YouTube video the other day of the skier that was going down the, the slope in, like, Russia or something, and a bear was chasing that skier. Dude, down I've the, seen that. You, forever. Seen it. it did not give up. That bear I wanted to kept, eat that He skier. wanted to kill him. Yeah, I, I was like. That bear was hungry. I was like, ha, 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 ha. I'm just glad it wasn't me. You know, it's you, man. <laughs> if it was me, I probably It's funny if it's somebody else, but it's not funny if it's you. Kick its bare butt, man. Oh, there's no doubt. Right. You bring it. Come I on, can, man. I can tell, man. You cool. can do it. Man, I feel like some of the texting thing is rubbed off on Yeah, me, that's, that's I, what's I happening. Like, I feel like when I get home, I'm just going to be, like, growing the beard, uh, spinning pistols around and stuff. Please just, do. You know what I'm saying? I feel inspired, man. <laughs> Swinging pistols around the staff. <laughs> Not that you do that. But. No, I don't. Okay, I actually have a prayer pistol. A prayer pistol. Yeah, so a lot of people have a prayer sword. Yeah, I used to have a sword in my office. And that's cool. I have a prayer sword. I think it was cursed, so I threw it away. But, but Oh. That's a, that's a different story. You got too many different witches day. up there, man. That's right. They're like, you're you all want a sword? About, yeah, they're like, sure. You're like, okay. Why is there a pedicure like, on it, you know? <laughs> <laughs> man, it's cool looking. <laughs> but you got a prayer pistol. I got a prayer pistol, man. And it's a cool pistol. And you... I twirl it around, and as I pray and cry out in the spirit, and I just, I don't know, I like that. Man, that is so cool. <laughs> Man, I, I appreciate just who you are and, um, and just this unique thing that you haven't, you haven't changed who you, who you are. You're not trying to be uh, Joel Osteen, even though you know, you're just uh, a couple cities over or whatever. Um, uh, God bless Joel. You're, you're really God a, bless a, what he does. I, but that's not, that's not me, and that's not what, what I do. Yeah, yeah. In fact, you what know. you do is just so different. Like I said, it's a different kind of a prototype. This is a different kind of a model. And I, I would just appreciate it if you'd be willing to just release a prayer that there would be just a freedom and a boldness for people to be who God has called them to be so that the glory of God can shine through their uniqueness because I think there is a boldness on you just to be you and I think the body of Christ really needs that in this hour thank you pastor Darren thank you sir well okay so let me just say this if if you have any problem with you it's because you don't know the you that Jesus knows and uh, Jesus loves you and I I really and truly have the audacity to believe that Jesus actually loves me. I mean, I do. And I mean, he's given me that great revelation. It's one of the reasons why we so burn with passion for so many people all over the world is because of the great revelation that we have that Jesus loves us. And that's what Paul says. Um, we love him because he first loved us. And I want to just say this, that God does not hate your humanity. You know, he, I don't think that it makes God sick at all that I'm not Jewish. You know, I, I support Israel. I have lots of Messianic Jewish friends. 
I mean, I really, really, really support Israel in a very radical way. But I don't feel like I need to grow little curlies and, you know, put a uh, whatever that is on top of my head. And I don't feel like I need to, you know, do whatever. I don't I like, no, I'm, I'm happy being me because the Lord has made me me. And and I'm grateful that he's not mad at me for God so loved the world, right? Uh, that God, I have a tremendous revelation that the Lord loves humanity. He doesn't hate humanity. And I just want to just share that with you and, and say this, that that maybe you've never really fit in anywhere. And uh, that's very much me. I've, I, I've, I've, I've done a lot of things. I mean, I, when I was in high school, I played football. And so I was, I was friends with all the football team. I was on a rodeo team. I rode bulls. So I was friends with all the, all the cowboys. I played in the band. I played, I played in rock bands. I played in country bands. I played in blues bands. I got along with all those guys. Uh, I was part of the Astrological Society, and I still am. I was on the chess team. All of that never felt at home among any of them. And I kind of went through this whole thing where I was like, I just don't feel like I fit in anywhere. That's because I am not of this world. And what I found out is I'm not just a resident of Texas that's trying to get to heaven. I am a resident of heaven that lives in Texas. And once I got that, I want to just tell you the freedom to be me became so real and so powerful. And I want to pray that over you. Are you ready? Father God, I lift up my friends and I pray, God, that you bless them and that you help them and that you encourage them, that you love them and give them a revelation of the you they never knew, Lord God. I pray, Father God, sir, that you would show them how precious they are in your sight. And I pray also, God, that you would show them their fullest potential and give them the grace to conform their lives to the image of that plan. God, I praise you, Lord, for their flavor. And I pray, God, that they'd be able, God, to be set free from anything that says that they can't do that or be that. And I love you, and I praise you, and I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, make sure that you follow Troy Brewer, Open Door Church. Go to TroyBrewer.com. Check out what they're doing. Partner with them. Uh, bro, thank you so much. Love who you are. Love what you do. It's been an honor. Uh, being all up in this, it's been great. this incredible, incredible place. <laughs> and man, let's do it again sometime. Let's do it again, man. All right. And until next time, remember, you were born for this day. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Listen, before you go, it'd be mighty fun of you if you take a second or two to go into iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Reviews are a big deal. It's what helps us be set apart. So if you take that second or two to rate and review us, you can give us one star, and that means that you think this thing is kind of lame. Or you can give us five stars, and that means that you think this thing is dope. It's tight. It's righteous. It's off the flipping chain. So if you do that, that'd be amazing. Also put in some words like, oh, my goodness, the Supernatural Podcast Show is like the best thing ever. I, I, can't, I, I can't believe I didn't start listening to this sooner. Everybody needs to listen. All right, well, you, <laughs> you get the idea. Listen. We love you. We're cheering you on. Keep going after the things of God. We'll see you soon.